everybody. Welcome to the She Said What podcast with your host, Alyssa Harper. That's me. Did you know that September is Sexual Health Month? I did not know that until recently, but that is perfect because last week we talked about masturbation and this week we're going to be talking about periods and period products. So I feel like it kind of all falls under the same category and works out. I want you guys to know that you are all welcome in this space, whether you have a vagina or not. I've actually had quite a few guys listening to this show, which I think is so cool. So look, please feel free to stay and listen and learn because about half the population have a period. So it's good to know this information and whether or not you're going to be personally using these products in the future, it's still really great to know a lot of this. Also, if you have a vagina, but you don't identify as a woman, you are also, of course, welcome. When it comes to period products, a lot of what you will want to use is up to your personal preference. So that's why I'm going to be touching on basically all of the main products that people will use so that you can get an idea of all of them. We will definitely focus mainly on the ones that you probably know less about. Things like the menstrual cup, menstrual disc, and period undies. I'll be answering some questions that I received over on Instagram from you guys. I'll give some specific recommendations on certain brands that I would recommend. And of course, I will tell you guys some of my ridiculous stories around my period and using period products so that you know that you're not alone if any of these things have happened to you. So that's what's going to be happening today, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode. First thing I want to do with you guys is share with you my very honest thought, which is something I do in every podcast, okay, most podcasts that I put out where I basically share with you a thought or a thing that happened either in my week or in my life that is a little bit, you know, a little honest of me, but I think is necessary to share because these are the things that typically help us see growth or create growth in ourselves. And if we just ignore these moments that we have where we're like, oh my God, I can't believe I think that way. Or like, where did that thought come from? We don't really grow. So I think it's important to acknowledge them. So I'm going to share with you guys um, my honest thought, which actually wasn't something that happened necessarily this week. It was just something I realized as I started thinking about this topic of periods that when I was younger, although I got my period quite young, and we'll talk about this later, obviously, as well, while I tell some stories later on, but although I got my period quite young, my period was always quite easy to deal with. And I went on birth control when I was quite young, which a lot of you know, I went on it when I was 14. But I never really had that heavy, really difficult period, especially in like, you know, grade eight to kind of high school because I was on birth control and it masked a lot of the kind of symptoms that I would normally feel if I wasn't on birth control. And I remember I had this one friend and I can specifically remember this one friend and there were other girls that did this too as well, but it was specifically this one friend where every time she was on her period, she would talk about it so much. Like she talked about it so, so, so much. And now looking back, I'm like, that's fine. Like if anything, I think you should talk about it. You know, I think if anything, she was doing a good thing. She's doing exactly what I would encourage now for girls to do is to talk about it in their friend groups and like ask certain questions and whatever. But she would talk about it so much. And I used to judge her for it. Like I really used to judge her for it. And I used to like say to other girls, like, do you think that she talks about it too much? Like, I just feel like every time she's on her period, she like makes it everyone's problem. And like, I was really rude about it. Like that was a horrible way to think about it. And looking back, like 
not that I'm saying I'm like, oh, I'm so ashamed of it, but like, I do feel bad. I'm like, I wish that in that moment I would have been more understanding at the time. I just thought she was being really dramatic, to be honest, because I never had like a really crazy, terrible period. But the way she explained it, like her periods were really, really heavy to the point where she would miss school or she wouldn't want to do certain things because she was on her period and she would always be taking like pain medication and all that stuff. And anyways, I just want to look back and first of all, just say sorry to this girl, you know, don't even, you know, know her now or talk to her now, but I would like to say in my mind that I would never, you know, treat someone like that again or say that to anyone again. Not that I would ever said it to her, but like, it might be even worse. I said it to other people, you know, and I think it's really important that as women, we really support each other and we see each other in our hard times and we support like, especially things like our periods where it's like, a lot of us are, all of us are kind of dealing with this thing together. And if we can talk about it more, like we can learn more about it and grow from it and like learn what's normal and what's not and when to see a doctor and all those kinds of things, like definitely didn't create a space for her to do that. And so I do feel bad about that, but let's look forward to the future. That's me being honest. And let's say going forward, of course, now I'm already, you know, I would never do that now, but I will never in my life, and I haven't obviously since then, say anything like that or make anyone feel bad for talking about their period because the whole thing is I want people to talk about it. So anyways, I haven't always been this open and honest and like outward about these topics, but it's just something over time that I think I've developed. And there you go. That's my honest thought. It's quite good though, isn't it? When we take time to kind of look back on little moments like that, where we're like, wow, I used to be kind of a douche. Like, or I used to be kind of like bad in this area. Like I've actually grown a lot in this area. It's quite, it's quite good to look at these little moments in our lives because we can actually see growth and it's quite encouraging for the future. Now, look, talking about this topic, I really want to celebrate and appreciate how incredible our bodies are. Like, I think it is such a beautiful thing that our bodies do what they do in such an interesting way. And it prepares us for being able to have children. If it's something we want to do, like with our periods, there can be a lot of discomfort physically. And, you know, when it comes to cramps and headaches and heavy bleeding and all of that, and obviously even emotionally, things like PMS and brain fog and irritability and all those things that can come with your period. Like I'm not ignoring any of that. Okay. There are certain smells. There are, you know, things that are inconvenient. Look, it's not always pretty, right? But I really want to encourage you guys to look at it in a way where we can actually really appreciate our bodies and see the beauty in it. That also includes teaching the younger generation that it isn't this uncomfortable, scary, embarrassing thing. Like it really is a beautiful thing that we should be able to celebrate and talk about. Being able to talk about it also means that we can identify when we have issues. Like if we're missing a lot of our periods, that's something we might want to bring to the attention of a healthcare provider. I really would recommend that. Or if we're having really heavy periods or really, really uncomfortable periods, you know, like we're missing school or missing work, those kinds of things because of our periods, that's when we want to be able to talk to our friends and say, hey guys, do you have this? Is this normal? Or look like mom or aunt or whoever you trust in your life, is this normal or should I see a doctor? And being able to actually ask those questions, like this is what we really want to see in the younger generation. So that's really going to be the kind of like framework I'm looking at all this from. Like, yes, of course, we're going to talk about the the realistic details. And I'm going to tell you about some things that have happened to me. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> like it is full on sometimes. But I just want to first say, let's prepare 
to appreciate our bodies. Let's try to tap into, you know, maybe that feminine energy if that's something you're into. And let's really appreciate our bodies as we talk about this topic. I really don't want to rag on our bodies and I really don't want to talk about, oh, this is our period and this is how we have to deal with it. And these are things that might make you feel better when you're going through this horrible time. Like, no, I really, I really don't want to frame it that way. And I want you guys to know that I truly see the beauty in all of it. And that's where I'm coming from. All right. I say we start with pads. I feel like most people start their whole period journey with pads. I just feel like that's the most common way to go. So let's start there. When it comes to pads, you get ones that, you know, are thinner, thicker. You get like the light, the regular, I think it's like super and then like super plus or something. It's like something like that, you know? You get all these different kind of levels, which is helpful for kind of different parts of your period. A lot of people get um, heavier periods at the start of their period and then the, the bleeding kind of like slows down towards the end of your period. I remember definitely being like younger. I can't remember when I got my period. I think I was like 12 or something like that. I was pretty young. I was pretty young for everything, honestly. I had boobs before anyone else and like they all surpassed me now, you know, but (laughs) it was definitely like a, a weird thing for me because I think I was one of the first for sure in like at least my friend group. And I remember these big giant pads that my mom had bought me. And I remember being in like the school stall bathroom, um, like very slowly trying to open this pad, like literally like click, click, click at a time, like slowly trying to open this package so no one could hear that I was changing my pad. Like how ridiculous. Ooh, or even like, especially when you knew you had to go get a pad from your bag and you knew you need to take it to the bathroom, but like you didn't know how to do that. So you would like go to your locker quickly and you would like stuff it in your pants or you would like grab it from your bag or whatever. And you would like, like put it in like your waistband. You know what I'm talking about? So like you could like kind of hide it that, yeah, that, that was kind of my experience. (laughs) Anyways, enough about me. I probably won't talk about pads too much. I feel like it's pretty straightforward. Um, I want to specifically point out that obviously they have the ones with the wings and then the ones without the wings. My beef with the ones with the wings specifically is that the wings will get stuck together and then trying to take the pad off. Like what? Who designed those? Not honestly, not my vibe, especially because a lot of the time I wear thongs. And if you wear thongs, then you understand like, how are you meant to know? It really, it just does not work. (laughs) But then they made pads for thongs. So they do have that now, but it's like, they're not going to be amazingly absorbent because like, what, what are they absorbing into? Like, where's the material? It's not there. You know, when it comes to pads, I would definitely recommend doing odor free. I know that they make ones with like nice little perfumes and scents in it. Like, no, like honestly, it's that area down there. It's not made for you to be spraying perfume all over it. That's how you just cause issues. You cause irritation. You get little bumps. It's just, it's not pretty. You don't want it. If you're worried about smelling down there, spray perfume anywhere else on your body. No one's going to be going down there and sniffing up in there. (laughs) I mean, hopefully not if you have a pad on and you're worried about that. I feel like you probably wouldn't let anyone do that. (laughs) Okay, anyways, well, let's move on from pads because I feel like that's really all you need to hear about it, except for, I was gonna mention as well, that you can get reusable pads. I personally never used them, but some people like them. Obviously, it's a more environmentally friendly option to using like pads that you're just throwing away constantly, which more so has to do with the plastic wrapping that the pad is in. But, you know, that's just an option if you guys are curious about that. I just think personally with that, like, how would you change it in public is my only thing if it's reusable, you know, like, what do you do with it once it's used? And then you'd obviously have to buy a bunch of them. Like, if you're solely using that on your period, 
Think of how many pads you go through having to buy that many of them. I don't know. I just feel like that probably wouldn't be the most realistic option, but it is, it, it's an option. Okay. It's an option there if you want it. And yeah, you know, actually, you know what, wait, I have one last story about pads and then we're going to move on. The first time I used a pad was when I was going to a track meet. So I literally got my period the night before this regional track meet where I was doing high jump. Okay, guys, me picture me jumping around the first day of my period ever ever. And I had to wear a pad and it was horrible. And I remember I had to go change my pad for the first time in public in an, like in an outhouse, like in one of those like disgusting bathrooms that they have outside, like a porta potty, that kind of vibe. Oh my gosh. What a horrible first experience with a pad. Anyways, that was my experience. (laughs) Just wait till you hear about my tampon story. Like you couldn't write this shit really. All right, let's talk about tampons. So when I started using tampons, I feel like it gave me so much more freedom, like just being able to use them and literally not feeling anything down there. Like at first it was kind of weird because you can kind of feel the string and you're like, Ooh, is it supposed to be like that? It's one of those things that you have to kind of learn to use, but a lot of the products are going to be like that. And once you start using tampons, like I just feel like it's a game changer. With tampons, you can get plastic or cardboard, or you can get them where it actually doesn't come with an applicator. The problem for me with tampons is that I only like to use the plastic ones if I'm using them. I hate using the cardboard ones. And the idea of using one without an applicator to me is just like, no how, who's doing that? How are you even doing that? Honestly, like I'm proud of you, but I I could never. It's important when we talk about tampons to remind you of toxic shock syndrome, which look, it's not as common as it used to be because the material has changed over the years. It was like a big kind of scare in the eighties when the material wasn't as good as like as good at it. Uh, hello, as good as it is now. There we go. So potentially someone like your mom or your aunt or like someone, some woman in your life at some point has been like, you have to be careful about toxic shock syndrome because they were really scared about it in their time. Whereas now it's about one in a hundred thousand women that get it. And it develops between three to five days of having a tampon in, and that's, it can develop. It's not that it's absolutely going to develop in that span of time. I've heard stories of OBGYNs pulling tampons out of people after they've been in for like one to two months and they still haven't gotten toxic shock syndrome. So it's not this thing that, isn't that crazy? I know. It's not this thing that you're just going to get for sure if you leave a tampon in longer than eight hours, but make sure you're still careful about it and make sure you understand it. And you know what like the side effects are the the, um, like the little signs that would tell you that you potentially have it so that you're keeping yourself safe. But that's basically all you need to know about it. How often should you change it? Probably just whenever you start to leak for a lot of women, it's like every few hours, sometimes on your first day, it's going to be more often. And then towards the end of your period, like I said earlier, it's going to be a little bit lighter. That's the most, usually like the most common way that people have their periods. Um, It's not always like that, but it's quite common. And if you are overflowing and you're having to change it like every hour and you're using like the super plus size ones, you should probably actually go see your doctor at that point. Um, if you're really, really having this like heavy, heavy flow, it could be an issue. It could be a sign of something going on in your body. And it's always good to just go and talk with someone and just rule things out if it's potentially there. And then of course it recommends this on the box. You'll see this on there right away, but you don't want to pass that eight hour period. That's the recommended time that you'd want to keep it in until. 
some people can't use tampons, whether it's because it's, it's uncomfortable for you or, you know, you're, you're new to having your period. Um, some people have hymen disorders and things that literally block them from either putting it in or taking it out, which can be really scary because once you have it in, you got to get it out, which of course is then when you'd want to use pads, reusable pads, period undies, those kinds of things that you aren't inserting, which we'll talk about after. Now it's time for a big fat story time for (laughs) the first time that I used a tampon. I would say at this point, when I first wanted to use a tampon, I probably had my period for at least a year. I would say like I had it for a while that I was comfortable using pads. It was the only thing I had used at that point. And what had happened (laughs) was I was on my way to a trip with my family. We were driving down to, I think it was like Myrtle Beach. Like we used to, you know, drive down to the States. I'm from Canada. So we drive down to the States into these random States for, you know, trips and stuff like that. And we were driving to Myrtle Beach. So I wanted to be swimming and I was going to, I was getting my period and it would come randomly because I was younger. So it wasn't really consistent at that point. And I didn't know I was going to get it. I got it. We were in the car. I was like, oh my God, mom, like I just got my period. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to swim? Like, oh God, like I was so upset. And my mom, being the genius that she is, decided it would be a good idea to get the whole family to pull over the car. And my sister also had a friend joining us on this trip. So I was like so embarrassed, right? She decided us that we were going to pull over to this like gas station and buy the only tampons that... Oh my God, that they had available. And it was like the little tiny ones. I forget the name of them, but they're basically the really tiny ones and they don't have an applicator. And she was like, oh, I think these are the ones because they're so small, they're meant to be used for like people when, you know, they're younger and they've just started using tampons. So she buys me these tampons and I'm like, mom, I'm not gonna go try to put this tampon in for the very first time in this like gas station bathroom. So she also then bought me pads so I could just put one in for the meantime. And she was like, okay, well, when we get to the resort, like you can put it in there and you'll have like more space and you'll feel more comfortable. So I was like, okay, great. Sounds good. Obviously I didn't know, like there are ones with applicators. I didn't know all the different ones. All I knew was that she told me that I should use these ones. So I was like, okay, mom, great. Love that for me. It looked so small. I was like, I'm sure I can do it. So we get to the resort and I think it's around like six, seven o'clock. So like the sun's maybe about to go down and my sister and her friend were like, we're going to go into the pool, like to the hot tub, whatever. We're going to go downstairs. And my mom was like, okay, this is a perfect time because they're out of the room. And it was just her dad or my dad and my mom in the room. And she was like, now's a great time. Just do it. Like we'd always talk pretty openly in front of my dad. So I wasn't super uncomfortable talking about it in front of him. It was just that like, she had this friend and it was like awkward and I was so stressed. Anyways, I went into the bathroom, right? I had my bathing suit on and I had these tampons and I was like, okay, I guess I just stick it up there. Like there wasn't an applicator, which obviously would have made it more complicated than the idea of like what I was doing, but probably would have helped with the uh, insertion process, I would say. Like, no offense, mom, on the recommendation, but you should have had something else in mind, you know, maybe some options for me. Um, Maybe thinking about the fact that I would be putting dry ass cotton up into my vagina at a young age. Like, did you think about that? No? Okay. It's it's okay. It's okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. So... (laughs) Here's where it gets good. I'm in the bathroom, right? And I'm trying to put it in. And I'm like, I can't do it for the life of me. I was like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I can't even like, I don't even know, first of all, where to put it. I don't know in which direction. I don't know, like, 
even how to open up. Like, I don't know how to explain this in words, especially don't have a, if you don't have a vagina right now, you're going to be like, sorry, but I don't, I had no idea. And I, and she was outside of the bathroom door. Obviously the, I don't think the door was locked. I think I just closed the door or something, but I was like, mom, I can't do it. I don't know what to do. Like I'm getting hot. Like I can't, whatever. So I took off my bathing suit. I don't know. I think I just thought maybe if I was like butt naked that it would just be a better situation for me. I'm not sure why I thought that. So my mom's there on the other side of the door and she's trying to like walk me through it, like using words. Like she's like, okay, like put it between these two fingers and use your middle finger to press the back end of it up in towards you and press it, you know, back towards your butt rather than up and towards your, like she's trying to tell me like the angle, like she's really trying to like lay it out for me. And I'm like, okay, yup. Okay. I think it's kind of in a bit, like we are full on, like this is, this is a real close relationship that I'm explaining here. Okay. We're going back and forth. And at one point I was just like, you know what? I've started it, but I can't get it in. I don't know how to do it. Like I'm stressing. I'm freaking out. Like I'm sweating. (laughs) I don't know why I would have been so hot, but I was like, I'm sweating. Like I can't do it. And my mom just goes, Oh my God. Oh, give me a second. My mom just goes, do you want me to come in and do it for you? (laughs) This is the moment where I went, "Mm, look, (laughs) I don't think I want you to come in and do it, but Maybe I do because I just really want to be able to swim on this trip. And if I can't swim and all this stuff, like it's going to ruin my whole trip. Like I'm going to be so pissed. And so I was like, yes, mom, can actually, you know what, can you come in and can you put my tampon in for me? So she opened the door and I, I put a towel around me so she could come in and she comes in and she's trying to help me. Of course, I'm wearing a towel, so I'm scared of her seeing me naked. So she, I'm letting her try to push it up, but I also like, don't want her to touch me. It's like the weirdest situation. Of course I was allowing this all to happen and I asked her to help me with it, but I was literally just like, and I wasn't even uncomfortable necessarily. I was just like so annoyed and I just really wanted to get it in. Anyways, I was getting so frustrated. Of course, like I was freaked out because there was like blood and I'm still, this is the first time I've ever tried to put anything even up inside of my body. I'm like, the idea of that is crazy to me. So she's trying to help me and I look down and I see it slightly going into me and it just made me feel sick to my stomach. Dead ass, I kid you not, I fainted. I fainted on my mother and here's how she knew that I actually fainted and I wasn't just like joking around because my towel fell to the floor. So my mother is in the bathroom at this nice, beautiful resort trying to help me put in my first tampon (laughs) and I've just fainted naked on her. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't, I can't stop picturing it. Okay. So I fainted and she hauled my ass out. She wrapped me back into a towel and she hauled me out onto the balcony. And I woke up with a cold cloth on my face and a tampon that was not inserted into me. (sighs) All of that to say... It was a difficult situation, okay? And um, if anything like that's ever happened to you, then please, God, share your story with me because I've never heard 
that ever happened to anyone else. And if you never used a tampon before, please don't let this scare you because this is literally like, this is um, gold and this doesn't happen to everyone, okay? So if you're as lucky as me to have that amazing experience, let me know. And just so you know, I did go back to the bathroom once I had calmed down again. And after she had kind of shown me what to do, I was able to do it and everything was fine. And I was able to enjoy my trip and swim. Yay, how exciting. And anyways, that's the end of that story time. I took a lot of time to tell you that story, but how can I not? Come on, how could I not? Ahem, okay, moving on. We're gonna talk about menstrual cups now because this is something that I have started using in the last year and I definitely recommend it because of course it is going to be more environmentally friendly than anything that is disposable. When you start using a menstrual cup for the first time, it is a bit of a learning curve. And at first, when I tried it, I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to use it. Like, it was kind of uncomfortable and I definitely wasn't super used to it right away. But I wanna tell you kind of little things that have helped me learn to use it well, things that people have kind of recommended to me. And then I'm gonna answer some questions that I was asked actually a while ago on Instagram specifically about it, but I just wanted to bring it into the space so you guys have all this information kind of all in one space. Um, And for anyone who hadn't heard me talk about it in the past on Instagram, that you can hear about it here now as well, because I really do recommend it now that I've gotten good at it. So if you guys don't already know anything about menstrual cups, basically a menstrual cup is this little device that you insert into your vagina um, when you're on your period, obviously, and it's purpose is to collect your blood um, and it collects it rather than soaks it into something, which is what happens when you use a tampon, obviously. They are usually made of a flexible medical grade silicone, latex, or a thermoplastic. I believe the one I have is silicone and it's kind of shaped like like a bell and it has this like little stem at the bottom that you use um, when you're taking it out, similar to how a tampon has a string. Saying that, you use it very differently, so I'll explain that a bit after. Um, I think the original one was the Diva Cup. That's the one that I use. I use a level two. They have three levels. I don't know if they even call it levels, but it's different sizes, basically. And I use the number two, and I believe that's the original one. Other ones that you guys have recommended, actually, on Instagram are um, the Miluna Cup, or maybe it's Maluna. I'm not sure. Um, The Moon Cup, the Lena Cup. And the Nixit, which is a suction-free cup um, or a soft disc, which we'll kind of talk about towards the end. The reason I point out that these guys are suction-free is because if you have an IUD, which is a birth control method where they stick this little device up into your uterus, and if you use cups that cause suction, it can potentially cause your IUD to fall out. This has happened to a lot of women. And so they don't usually recommend using cups if you have an IUD, which I do not have. So I'm perfectly fine to use a cup that has suction, but I just thought I would point that out. But another thing that's good about the menstrual cups as well is that they are more cost effective, even though when you buy one, it might be more expensive at first. Of course, you're reusing it, which is a lot better than constantly having to go buy pads, tampons, whatever. And obviously you can't run out either. Like you can't be in like, oh no situation. I've just ran out of pads, tampons. I need to go run to the store because the whole point is it's reusable. You just wash it and you pop it back in. And it's meant to be very comfortable. They promote it as being comfortable. It's comfortable for sure. Once you get used to it at first, it might not be super comfortable just because you might insert it like a little bit too far down, similar to how you might've done that with a tampon. And once you have it inserted properly, it is leak free. Like it's quite good and it takes 
quite a bit longer to fill up um, in comparison to a tampon. To clean it, you can buy menstrual cup cleansers. The one from Diva Cup is 100% plant-based and it's pH balanced, which is so important for any product you're going to be using down there. Um, but I know you can buy other ones as well. Another way to clean it is to boil it, like literally put it in a pot, fill it with water, have that water boiling and then let it boil. And that's how I clean mine. Um, but I know some people might not be comfortable doing that. So I would recommend just getting a cleanser. And now I kind of want to talk about putting it in. So the way they show you on the website and they're all, they'd all be similar to this, but to put it in, you'd want to kind of fold it up or you kind of like tuck one of the sides in to make it have a bit of like a, like a dome shape. So it's kind of smaller at the entrance and then, then gets a little bigger towards the end. That's how I do it personally. I kind of fold it into itself. And then when it comes to inserting it, you basically just want to hold it and then be able to push it up um, so you can get it fully inserted. And to do that as well, I actually use lube. So this is something I definitely recommend. At first, I never tried using lube. Um, and a lot of the time, if people don't have lube, they use things like Vaseline and other things that aren't necessarily meant to go into your vagina. And I would definitely recommend if a product isn't made to go in your vagina that you do not use it in or even around your vagina. So I would get lube and I would use it to put it up there. And I find that helps so, so much. Another question that people ask me sometimes is kind of like if they should put it in while they're on the toilet or if they're standing or in the shower, how should they do it? A lot of girls put it in in the shower because it helps with all of the mess. But I found personally that being in the shower made it kind of hard because I can't really see what's going on. And there's like nowhere to kind of like lift my leg up or like, I, can't, I don't know, I don't like it. So I personally do it on the toilet, but it's totally up to you guys. I would just, you know, try a few different ways and then see where you're most comfortable. Another question is how do you change it in public? And this is a very good question. Um, it's really hard to change in public. I personally think just because when you take it out, like if you have to change it, it's probably because it's getting a little bit full. Um, and having to kind of like open it and take it out, basically the way you get rid of the suction and take it out is you put your finger up alongside it and you kind of like tip the side of it in similar to what you did when you put it in, but you kind of like tip the side of it in and then that makes it lose the suction. And then you're able to hold onto it and pull it out using, um, the little piece at the bottom of it. Basically then you would just dump it out and then put it back in. But I personally like to be in the comfort of my own home and I like to have my lube and all my little things around me. I like to have the sink beside me so I can um, wash it and all that kind of stuff before I put it back in. Like you can do it in public and I have done it once in public before. Mind you, it was after a few margaritas as well. So it was absolutely cursed that experience. But um, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I would just, you know, try to change it before you go out. And then when you come back home, change it again. That's it. I've also been asked, can you feel it while it's in there? And can you feel when it's full? And the answer to the both, both those questions is no. Um, you can't feel it in there if it's been inserted properly. So it's actually a thing where like, I will kind of forget that I have it in there and I'll go, oh my God, I need to change it. Or like, oh shoot, I should probably change it this morning before I go out so that halfway through the day, I don't realize that it's kind of leaking and then I have to change it in public, that kind of thing. So no, you shouldn't be able to feel it as long as it's inserted properly. And no, you can't feel it when it's full. So I don't think you can normally feel when tampons are full, but it'd be similar to how you, I guess, at least to me, how you can't feel when tampons are full. Um, sometimes you'll think, oh, by now I'm sure it's full. And then you go to take it out and then there's barely anything in there. So 
you never know. Your body kind of lets go of blood at different times throughout the day. And it's not always going to be like a consistent flow throughout the whole day. And you would know this to be true if you've ever been standing there mid-conversation with someone and then you just feel like a flood of blood come out of you for absolutely no reason. And you're just like... (gasps) Everyone's had that experience at some point. So that's kind of how it works. It doesn't consistently come at like a dripping, consistent pace. And this is the last question or message I kind of received about uh, menstrual cups, but it's basically that um, she was just saying, I can't get it to fit. Um, What do I do? Like, I really want to use it, but I can't use it. And what I would say to that is, if you feel like you can't get it to fit, it could be a size thing. So go for one that has smaller sizes. Like I said, when it comes to the Diva Cup, I use a number two, but you can get a number one, which is even smaller. Um, It obviously won't hold as much blood, but if you are more petite or you just feel like it's kind of uncomfortable to get it in, um, you can always try a smaller one and work your way up if you eventually want to use one that holds more blood. And use those little tips that I gave you, like use lube, you know, make sure you obviously fold it into itself. Try different ways of folding it. I would say not only putting lube on like the rim of where you're going to put it in, but also putting lube on like the outside of your vagina as well so that it's like really warm and ready to accept it. And if you're really frustrated and you can't do it or for whatever reason you can't do it at that time, then you can obviously use pad, tampon, whatever, and try again some other time. Like I mainly use a menstrual cup at this point, but sometimes like say it's the first day I'm getting my period and I'm about to leave the house and I get my period. I'm like, oh my God. If I don't have time to go and boil my menstrual cup and because I like to clean it at the start and the end at my, of my period, sometimes in the middle as well, I like to clean it just to keep it nice and fresh. But if I don't have time to do that right away, I'll just pop in a tampon. And then when I come home and I have more time, then I'll deal with my menstrual cup and I'll insert it properly for the first time during that period. So yes, it is a form of period product that takes some time sometimes. It's definitely a bit of a learning curve. And I remember people telling me this and me being like, no, but you don't understand. Like, I can't get it like it's too hard or like it hurts, whatever. But it's something that I practiced and I got used to using and that's how it is for a lot of girls. Um, So try to just practice, do your best and look for different ones. I know different ones work better for different people. Maybe it's the suction that's bothering you. So maybe try a non-suction one. And if you need to as well, you can always just wait a little bit longer and you can put it to the side and you can try again on your next period or in a few months or whenever you feel like you might've had some time and some space. And now you can try again. Also, this is the last note I'll kind of make about it, but I find it's actually so easy, especially if after I've just boiled it and obviously you want to wait a second, you don't want to put it in burning hot, but when it's still like a little bit warm, plus with the lube and like it helps the lube like become even more like movable and more slippery. And like, I feel like it's so much easier to put in when it's like nice and warm and whatever. So if you use that as a cleaning method as well, like that should honestly help it. Here, I just wanted to mention as well, there is something called a menstrual disc, which is different to the menstrual cup. And I mentioned it earlier, but the kind of like selling factor for this one a lot of the time is that you can have sex with this in. So you insert it a little bit differently. Um, You kind of more just press the edges together to make it more of like a picture, like an eight rather than not a figure eight, but like a, you know, like an eight Um, instead of the circle. You kind of squeeze it together and you push it up that way, but it goes quite a bit further. So it actually sits more to like, words your cervix like it actually goes quite a bit high up you can have sex with it and that might be helpful for you one day to have that knowledge I'm really interested to try one but I personally haven't tried this one yet um but maybe I'll try it and give you guys a little review eventually (laughs) all right and last but not least we are going to talk about period undies which 
Guys, I don't own any yet, okay? I know, very disappointing. I'm sorry. I was going to get some and try some before I made this podcast, but it was too little too late. But I've heard amazing reviews and I'm going to go buy some because they're going to work better than what I have done recently, which is just have it way too close and often just ruin pairs of underwear that I I like or, you know, just stain them or whatever. Not ideal. Period undies are really cool and I feel like it's kind of like a newer thing, especially a lot of like new brands are kind of creating them. And this shocked me. They can hold anywhere from one to four tampons worth of blood. Four tampons, that's crazy, okay. The reason I think I hadn't bought any yet is because I never really liked pads. Like once I started using tampons, it was tampons all the way. Even after my horrific experience in the first place, I really enjoyed tampons over pads because I don't like that feeling of the blood coming out of me and noticing it and like feeling kind of like wet down there all day. Like I don't really like it that much. But I could imagine that they would be so good for, say, the lighter days when you're like, eh, probably don't need a tampon, but I probably don't want to get it on my, like, underwear or, like, I might bleed today. I'm not sure because obviously, like I said earlier as well, with your period, like, it's not this consistent flow. It'll randomly come back. You'll think it's done and then it'll be like, just kidding. You have one more day and you're like, oh. All right. So I could imagine those that first day when you're thinking you might be getting a period or the last few days, like it would be just be so good. And also just for extra protection. Like if you're wearing um, like a tampon, but you're thinking it might leak, you know, or you tend to have to use a lot of tampons or you tend to have to change your menstrual cup quite a bit, that kind of thing. Like that extra bit of protection, I could imagine would be so helpful. On Instagram, you guys have told me that it is literally such a game changer for you. So I trust you and I'm going to go buy some, of course. They're obviously a really good alternative as well if you aren't comfortable inserting anything like a tampon or a menstrual cup. And they're great because they're reusable as well, or you can get ones that are reusable. I feel like that's most of the ones that people own. You can get um, not reusable ones, but those aren't as popular. I think if you are using this as your only period product, potentially it would be like a lot of pairs that you would have to buy in my mind, but I'm not sure. I haven't properly used them. Even if you had, I don't know, maybe five pairs, maybe that would get you through. I'm not completely sure, but that's the only downside I could think to this one, that it might not be good to be the only thing that you do for your period, especially if you have a heavier period. But you guys have recommended to me to buy dark colors because even though they, you know, work well, the light colors, they still stain. And like, <laughs> when you look down, you're like, oh my God, <laughs> like when you go to the bathroom or whatever, whereas with dark ones, like you don't even really see it. And it just feels more like, you know, seamless and they hold the like integrity of the pattern and all those things a lot better if it's a darker color. You guys have said to me that they're very comfortable and that they absorb like so much more period than you had expected. Someone else also told me that she used them after she got her IUD because getting an IUD put in can cause some bleeding. Um, And so that actually makes a lot of sense to me because obviously once you get an IUD, you probably don't want to be then sticking like a tampon up there or whatever. So this would be a really good alternative to a pad if you really don't want to have a pad there. Another thing that you guys have said to me is to wear them at night and then wear the menstrual cup during the day. So if you like are scared to wear a menstrual cup throughout the night or you think you're going to bleed through it like more than once or the tampon or whatever more than once, it's a really good thing to wear at night for extra protection. Again, makes so much sense. What I had been doing at this point is basically just using normal underwear that is dark and it's obviously not good because it doesn't actually hold any period Um, or using like a really thin like panty liner kind of thing. But obviously those aren't reusable and I'm trying to choose products that are going to be a little bit more eco-friendly. 
Now for brands that you guys have recommended, um, I've heard of Thinks, I've heard Modi Body, and I've also heard Bonds as well are meant to be quite popular. Um, some of those might just be Australian, but these are ones that you guys have recommended to me. Um, but there are actually so many brands. So all these things are going to be personal preference, like whether it comes to how they look or like how they feel or how much absorption you need, all those kinds of things are going to be just down to personal preference and what's available in your country, all those things, which by the way, guys, I think is so cool. Like that I have some of you listening from Canada and some of you from Australia and like a bunch of you from the United States and and other places as well, like Brazil and Bolivia and some random other places. So how interesting guys. Thanks for being here. Anyways, I think that's all of the period undies that I can think of. Um, even like Adidas guys, they have, um, period proof tights as well. And I think they do shorts as well. So there are a lot of really interesting options out there that you might not have really heard of. So look into it and try them for yourself because I think like me, I'm of course going to try it as well. I think it could be really cool to kind of like diversify all the products you use for your period instead of just consistently using the same thing because it's like always what you've used. And of course, if we can make some choices that are better for the environment or even potentially better for our like vaginal health and our health of our body, especially down there, then I think we should look into it and we should learn about it. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and that you learned something. I hope you had a laugh and you enjoyed my stories. Um, I hope my ridiculous stories make you feel better about yourself. If you liked today's episode, please follow if you're listening over on Spotify, or if you guys want to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, that always really helps me. It's not something that you can do on Spotify, um, but on Apple Podcasts, right on the app there, you can just scroll down and you can leave a little review and that always helps as well. And if you guys want to be part of the conversation where you can like ask questions and kind of get in on the topics before I go and post the actual podcast, follow me over on Instagram because that's where I ask all these questions and everything that I mentioned today. My Instagram is Alyssa Taylor Harbor and that will be listed in the like bio of the show and also in the show notes today. And speaking of Instagram, I just want to thank everyone who has shared this podcast on their stories. Um, I even had some people share it on like their actual feed as well on Instagram. Like that means so much to me. And a lot of the topics that I talk about are things that, especially if you know a lot of this stuff, like you don't realize how many people don't have people in their lives to talk about these topics who don't know about different products that they can get. They don't have conversations going on around them about sex, about these things, like conversations around relationships and birth control and like all these things that you might actually be really lucky and really privileged and blessed to have around you. Everyone has a different reach and the people that you can reach on your social media is different to the people that I can reach on my social media. So you sharing it actually does help people get access to information they don't necessarily already have. So again, thank you guys so much. Like I cannot say that enough and good for you for also bringing these topics to light and being able to talk about these things on your social media as well because I get that it can be a little bit uncomfortable. But if we don't talk about it, then who's going to, you know, and we can reduce so much of the shame and the questions and the discomfort that people feel around these topics if we normalize them. So thank you for being a part of that. And I hope you have a great day. See you guys. Bye. Bye.